This episode is brought to you by Challengers Comics and Conversation. Go to challengerscomics.com and start the conversation now. Daniels Law LLC in Georgia. Visit dlawllc.com. Kerberos Productions. The minds behind the games enter the pit and kaiju a go-go. Search for Kerberos, K-E-R-B-E-R-O-S, on Steam, or go to kerberos-productions.com to check out their growing catalog of titles. This is it! This is definitely it! Still playing with toys and the Ghostbusters interdimensional crossrip present... You know, it's just occurred to me we really haven't had a completely successful test of this equipment. The Cyclotron, a roundtable discussion panel. I blame myself, so do I. No sense worrying about it now. Why worry? Each of us is wearing an unlicensed nuclear accelerator on his back. Yep. Let's get ready. Switch me on. Today in the Cyclotron, we have the very, very highly anticipated roundtable discussion about Ghostbusters International number three from IDW Comics. It's on shelves now. Go pick it up. You owe it to yourself. Joining us on the roundtable today from the Ghostbusters of British Columbia, we have Mr. Ryan Dole. You know him, you love him from Cross the Streams Radio. We have Matt Provencal. As always, we have Mr. Chris Stewart. I'm Troy Benjamin. Join us, won't you? Let's hop into the Cyclotron and get things started. Take him to the Cyclotron! Okay, quit fooling around, give it a shot. This is this turned out to be a pretty good reunion, and we're gonna get into that in a second. Because so we're, we're for people that are just tuning in, which is everybody, because you haven't heard anything that's happened before this. But we had a half hour of catching up and people trying to, you know, we haven't talked in so long, and this is really exciting. I'm I'm so excited for this roundtable. You know, we had we had Dapper Dan showing on the last roundtable. This roundtable, we have a very special guest in addition to a familiar face. So let's get into it. Again, apologies to everybody. I'm really sorry that this is a little late getting out to you, but this is for March's issue of Ghostbusters International number three. It's on shelves now. If you haven't read it, seriously, pause, go get it, pick it up right now, because first of all, you owe it to yourself to go buy this and read this. And second of all, we're going to spoil it completely on this podcast. So if, if you haven't read it and you're still listening to this, sorry guys, that that's on you. But anyway, so we're, we've got we're not gonna dis, we're not gonna spoil it. We're gonna despoil it. We're gonna, yeah, exactly. As much as humanly possible. So so that voice that you heard, you know him, you love him, coming out of Vancouver, it's Mr. Chris Stewart who joins me as always. Say hi, Chris. This is the sound of my voice. <laughs> and with with a gulp of a drink in there too. What what's uh what's what's the beverage of choice tonight? Uh it's a Excellent, excellent dark ale, a homebrew. Um, Ooh. You remember Mr. Rob Hunt, who you met here last fall yes, when you were yes. in town? Yeah. He homebrews, and he gave me some. And uh-huh. I hate dark ales, but somehow he kind of mixed beer and rum into some sort of brew, and it is, like, you can't uh. see light through it. That's how dark it is, but it is by no means <laughs> That's bitter. witchcraft. It's amazing. That's witchcraft, it's witchcraft right there. Uh, so joining us also, we've got from the Ghostbusters of BC, Mr. Ryan Dole. Say hi, Ryan. Hi, everybody. There he is. He's there, and he sounds fantastic. We love it, Ryan. Hi. 
And then just to make sure that I'm completely outnumbered as the only Yankee on this entire podcast, we have a familiar voice to a lot of you guys joining us from Ottawa for the first time on the Cyclotron. Ladies and gentlemen, cross the streams, radio listeners, if you're out there, you know this guy. Introduce yourself, Matt. Hi, radio fans. Man, this is weird saying this. (laughs) (laughs) It's uh, Matt Provencel from Cross Streams Radio. That's right. Um, yeah, I'm I'm back on He's the back. podcasting, talking about Ghostbusters after uh, two years. I know you've had Very a little cool. bit of a hiatus, sir, and we're really glad to have you back. Uh, yeah, Chris, Chris, no. and I were really excited when we we heard that you were interested in doing this. So, absolutely, uh, thanks for joining no, us, sir. I'm I'm excited. I'm having a good time. Um, yeah, no, it's um, ultimately it, it's just uh, hanging out with friends and and talking about what we love. And we're having a good time with um, the new movie uh, coming out, but uh, yeah, no. Uh, Cross the streams right now is uh, is on a hiatus thanks to a number of um, great busy work that pretty much every <laughs> member of the show is a part of. Um, I myself have dived headfirst into live media production and um, covering live bands here in Ottawa, and I'm really nice. proud of the work there. Um, Brendan, of course, is uh, pretty much a full time documentary filmmaker he's got some uh, small movie that people may have contributed to out there that's it's, yeah. yeah we'll see how it goes <laughs> no it's it looks amazing uh it uh it's it sounds and looks uh, incredible um ghost heads uh is a long time coming uh i mean going back to the um very very first encounter of um cross the streams radio in its infancy um discovering the fandom was yeah. probably one of the funniest and rewarding and insane um, experiences of my life. And it's it's changed it. And I could definitely say that it, it definitely shaped and changed Brendan uh, with his interactions <laughs> on the Internet. And uh, and uh, I'm glad that he's uh, doing a story that's his movie and it's uh, his work and uh, he gets to share it to the whole rest of the world. And, um, yeah, we got some amazing stuff i mean the the thing with cross the streams was we had to come up with a show once per month and we were we were digging uh for for topics and guests it, things were really quiet yeah you guys and were doing it during that dark time where there was not a lot to dark, talk about the dark ages <laughs> yeah. the dark ages of, of cross the streams <laughs> and ghostbusters news but um yeah the early episodes were were hellfire uh <laughs> we uh we started really rough um it was just uh just me and Brendan and an iMac, no microphones, just just getting drunk and talking to whoever wanted to talk to us. Uh, but then it all changed when, um, in uh, a three-week period, we got to meet Dan Aykroyd and Ernie Hudson right out of the gate. Uh, that was like our, the first year of Cross Streams. And then we decided, hey, you know what? I think we can clean this up and we can go for it. And uh, we enjoyed every guest and, and got to make great friends along the way and we love, and I still enjoy talking with everyone online and as much as I can on Twitter and Facebook and reconnecting with everyone, especially with the new movie and uh, franchises exploding. Um, yeah. I remember a time there was like six franchises of Ghostbuster fans just occasionally dressing up, and there were like three members each. 
Now it's hundreds, hundreds of Ghostbuster fan groups around the world. Around the world and everywhere, yeah. Yeah, and now it's it it literally is Ghostbusters International. It literally is. And uh, in real life. And the new movie and um, the uh, comic books and the... um, Video games, uh, all bringing everyone together, and it's a great, it's a great thing. And um, I think the positivity will definitely outweigh the the negativity of of what's been going on. And um, I think that's why um, ultimately I've retired slash we've put a hiatus on on the podcast because we wanted to um, work on our own projects, but also focus on the positive positive side. We didn't want the show to become a vehicle of of negativity and uh and spew hatred because uh, i know uh chris uh you and proton charging are you um you definitely have a full-time job of fighting trolls and i applaud you uh yeah. <laughs> i think you should receive some sort of bonus or some sort of award or recognition uh at uh, oh. at, at pk surge or something for dealing with some of the twitter that's, uh, that's trolls. Nice. Troll you're the troll slayer yeah if nice you can you get to say to, but my weekly you know, stipend from sony is more than thank you enough so. <laughs> He, does, right. he has a Scrooge McDuck vault that he swims in, and everything is okay. He just remembers that as he swims through his coins, and everything feels fine. But uh, hey, speaking of getting paid by Sony every week, let's talk about uh, an IDW comic that, can, uh, that came out, uh, and we we get paid by IDW too. Like we have to we have to give it equal time. Like IDW pays us the same amount that Sony does, so we have to shill for both, right? Yeah, I didn't um, I didn't hang up um, Dan Schoening's. Um Signed prints on my wall for nothing. Those those are royalty making machines. Uh, my house will be paid for strictly from IDW money. So from from your own pocket though, you're paying your own royalties every time <laughs> yeah. you look at that artwork on the wall. That's so. right. That's but, right. Uh, yeah. So we're we're talking about Ghostbusters International number three. But uh, Chris and I had talked about Ghostbusters deviations in a previous podcast, and I'm wondering, did you guys end up reading the deviations uh, one shot? Did you did you? Uh, I definitely read it. And I will say that was the most misleading two covers <laughs> I have ever seen on a comic, as far as vibe and tone go. Why, I had to like read yeah, it Why again. do you say that, Ryan? Well, okay, so take a look at the Dan Shoney cover, and it's like the guy is getting arrested peacefully, quietly. They'll enjoy it, right? And that's the, what's happening on the one cover. And, well, they don't look like they're really enjoying it, right? And everything looks pretty dark. The other one is like the city burning. The guy sitting there on the the bench looking all bummed out and stay puffed sitting on a building i'm kind of like "Ooh, these are gonna be this is something yeah, I, dark. Pretty, and be, yeah right so i'm thinking that's the tone that we're going in with and they were talking about marshmallow poop sentient marshmallow poop i'll have you yes, know very important yeah. sentient marshmallow poop. <laughs> correct and i'm not saying it was bad it was just like i had to re- read it again uh from a different uh, from a different point of view and in a, in a fresh mind, clean my palate and be like, oh, that's what that was. Let's try that again. I've, yeah, I feel like, Ryan, maybe you and I had the same reaction because when, when Chris and I talked about it on the podcast last, you know, I I was expecting something in, entirely different from what ended up being on the pages there, mainly based because of, yeah, sure, the covers and all of the solicits and things like that. But, yeah, when I read the art, I, it, it was like a, an Adventure Time episode, which was great. And I, it's just not what I was expecting at all. So I went back, I did my homework, I reread it. And it actually, it's a lot better when you know what it is and you're rereading it. But, uh, <laughs> totally. you know, it's uh, much like you were saying. I feel like I was expecting something entirely different. I was expecting this Elseworlds where Gozer won. Yeah. And that's what we got in a sense, but it, it wasn't exactly 
what I thought it was going to be. And the other deviations from IDW are also pretty dark stories. Like I think it's like they threw that one in to throw in some fun value because the Ninja Turtles one is really dark and really kind of sad. So it's yeah, I think they had to. I think they might have done it that way just to mm. give that series mm-hmm. some balance, so yeah. that not everything was so bloody. Yeah, dark. This, this deviated from the deviations. Uh, Matt, Matt, did <laughs> yeah. you have a chance to read that or no? I mean, this I is did. something we're springing on you right now. Yeah, no worries. No, I actually did. Um, I, I'm I am a huge supporter of um, the IDW line of anything Ghostbusters, and um, yeah, I occasionally pick up um, Transformers stuff and um, also uh, the um, uh, Ninja Turtle stuff. But deviations made me laugh out loud i thought it was absolutely hysterical uh but yeah you nailed it on the head calling it like an adventure time kind of vibe because um yeah i was going into deviations thinking it'd be like infestations like kind of like really dark and right and brooding and also um when i heard about the concept i immediately thought back to the star wars dark horse comics um called infinities i think that's what it's called yeah yeah you're right yeah, yeah 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 it's where um it basically it takes place during um, either um, A New Hope or Empire Strikes Back or Return of the Jedi, and everything about the Star Wars universe in the movie is cool, but then something changes really drastically and it completely affects the movie, and so they're, they're like a mini-series of each movie. And that's what I was kind of going into deviations, like, okay, yeah, what if Gozer wasn't defeated? Like, I'm picturing, like, the Stave Push Marshmallow Man's kind of in limbo, but he's like destroying everything and it all this like mayhem and death and destruction and nothing's funny but then going into it one of the panels is literally a state puff marshmallow man peering into the roof of the firehouse going hey guys and i read it in that voice and i laughed out loud um it was one of the funniest comic panels i'd ever seen uh in recent memory and it uh it was really it caught me so off guard um almost like watching you know ghostbusters for the first time you know going into ghostbusters in 84 going off of just the teaser trailer and then seeing how really legitimately funny the the surprises are that's where I think they went with that. They wanted to have the comic to be really um, funny out of the gate with really just crazy silliness um, when your expectations going into, oh, is this going to be a scary comic? Is this going to be a violent comic? Who knows? So Deviations was a, a nice surprise. I'm kind of glad it's a it's a one-off because uh, I don't know how the hell you could stretch it past first issue, but uh yeah, no, Deviations was a good uh, surprise and kind of cleaned the palette for what was new to come with Ghostbusters International and stuff. So, yeah, no, it was good. Good yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been a good ride now with Ghostbusters International, which, uh, you know, the first two issues um, did a lot of setup. And I feel like Ghostbusters International number three, which we're going to get into here now, had a lot of, it was dense. I mean, it was like a mm-hmm. dense, flourless chocolate cake. There's a lot in here. <laughs> and, it, and if you look at our rundown, we have like two pages of stuff that we have to talk about. So deviations if you haven't read it go pick it up it is it is vastly different than a lot of the ghostbusters material that's out there now but pick it up make sure that you call into our voicemail line and let us know what you guys think about it but we have to talk about international number three and that's what everybody is here tonight on two different time zones to talk about and uh i I feel like we should just do it chronologically because there is so much here to talk about 
Let's like let's start breaking it down just sort of page by page. We won't do a, cool. a full recap for people. I know that when you listen to roundtable podcasts and everybody's like, well, on page one, Vinter gets on the phone and he calls this person. No, we're not going to do that. <laughs> what we're going to talk about is because there are, there are so many subtexts and so many tiny things that are happening within this issue that I want to break it down with our esteemed panel of guests here. So we should talk- do a read along. We should do a read along <laughs> like the Star Wars record ones. Yes, the exactly. sound of R2 turned the page. <laughs> Berlin, Germany, 6 p.m. local time. So they have, yeah, no, we're not going to do that. Don't worry about that. But okay. So, so let's just, let's do a quick recap of the plot here. You know, the Ghostbusters hmm. were offered uh, a, a, a corporate takeover by this, this, this businessman named Vinter who showed up and he wanted to purchase all of their services. He wanted to purchase the company outright. Yeah. Peck, of course, circumvents that, but it's all because Vinter wants them to go out to this island that's near Venice, Italy, which is Paveglia, which we talked to Dan Schoening about in the last episode. Go listen to it. It's a lot of fun. Um, but it's it's a real life haunted part of the globe. And so this is the sort of main meat of the story is the four main Ghostbusters are in Italy. They're doing their international ghost busting. And there's this sort of Elon Musk type character who's trying to take over their their operations. So the issue, the issue starts out with Vinter on the phone with his uh, associate, Kaya, and he's sort of lamenting about how things are not going as they planned. You know, Vinter is saying, I wish I could have just picked up their equipment, but you know, no matter, we'll figure out, we'll see what happens from this point forward. So I pose this, this question to the group, what does Vinter want that he wanted to purchase all of that equipment and, and not deal with the Ghostbusters directly that he wanted this in order to sort of take over the Island. He wants more than gelato stands, right guys? Is that what your interpretation of this was? Yeah, it looks like to me that this character, um, he wants to kind of not, he doesn't want to bring the Ghostbusters into the mix so that he has to, you know, bribe them or get them organized into, uh, into the chessboard. I think he just wa- he wants to use their technology for something big on the horizon or use it for his own kind of, you know, political move or business move, so to speak. So there's something afoot with him trying to just buy out the Ghostbusters completely and take in their gear uh, because he knows that the longer they're in the picture, um, they're going to give him more problems. Uh, yeah. So he, wa- he wants to kind of push them away. That's why he offered the cash. And he's like, you know, I want your gear. Your packs, how much? I would like to buy them. <laughs> your daughters. <laughs> your women, your, your children, daughters. how much? Well, and the, and the wise words of uh, Egon Spengler, the proton pack is not a toy. <laughs> well, I mean, that, Ryan, you bring up a good point here. So Vinter, obviously, the, the proton pack is not a toy. There's some hints, especially in the preamble, because, you know, they uh, uh, Dan and Eric and Louie and Tom, they do this great thing where they give you all of the, the players and the script. And when they describe Vinter and they sort of bring you back up to speed, they talk about, um, you know, a, a Swedish Norse mythology that might be important. And, you know, as we pick up on things throughout this issue... Do you think that Vinter might have something that he's not disclosing? Do you think that Vinter maybe wants this material or these equipment and gadgets for a, an, another reason? Oh, I I totally think so, though I can't pinpoint what that is yet. And he's clearly talking to somebody higher up than him, which is interesting because I, I didn't realize there was anyone. I thought he was the top guy. Yeah. Who did you think he was talking to? 
Oh, that that Venter was talking to at the beginning of the comic. Yeah. Oh, I th- I think he's on the phone with Kaya, right? Kaya being his assistant with his, the Ghostbusters. Yeah, his assistant who is oh. with the Ghostbusters. Yeah. I so Kaya, Kaya's in on whatever this plan is. Is it like that's? Well, but because not. the way he's talking to is yeah. like I the way he's talking on the phone, it just seems like he's talking to someone that that he reports to. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Hmm. Damn you, Dan Shoning, and your your long fingernails. See, I knew he, his long fingernails were going to get us in trouble one of these days. <laughs> that's I figured because on the on the next page, let me just I'm I'm grabbing it right here, so I've got it in front of me. But yeah, the the long fingernails because you you have Peter on on the radio on the next page, but I'm I'm pretty sure that that's Kaya that he's talking to. You know where she says, "Don't worry, Mister Venter, I will keep you appraised of the situation as it develops." And she's looking at the actual at the at Paveglia. Yeah, that is true. But so I she's can't she's see her eyes face. Ears. That could be anybody. <laughs> <laughs> long fingernails always mean that that's the female, whoever the protagonist is. I mean, we've we've seen that in Melanie and Janine and. That's that's Dan and his fingernails. Yeah, see, this, fingernails. this is a confusing part. Vinter is like talking about. I did try to buy their equipment first. You know that they wouldn't, and then he stops, like he's been cut off, and he goes, "Yes, very well, I understand." That's a subservient talking to a boss. Oh, and then it goes to who whoever this is, and you're right, it might be Kaya. But then I am pleased. That's a boss talking down to their yeah. Their, and don't worry, Mr. Vinter, I will keep you appraised of the situation to develop. So it's quite possible that you're we're both right. It's Kaya, but Kaya is But is not... Kaya yeah, is he subservient to Kaya then? Is Kaya sort yeah. of the string puller here and Vinter is just the money? He's I the... think yeah. And we're not allowed to know. Neither are the Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to make a complaint to Mr. Depp. Burdan Shoning, though. Actually, I'm going to take this complaint straight to Eric Burnham. <laughs> <laughs> one, clearly, one, clearly, Eric is the one that's in charge. Let's one, be honest. Uh, that's true. No. <laughs> Dan has sworn he, he likes his fingernails and he won't change them, but I'm still going to complain about them. And two, the, uh, the, the thing where we go from Vinter looking out the window, left to, left to right, and then we cut down to the back, from behind. Same thing, we go down to the I don't know. It's just me in movies that I expected the like. It makes it's a it's a it's good framing on their own. It was just initially when I read through it, I thought it was um, Vinter talking. Mm. Because of because of the hand on the phone, you just didn't know. Okay, yeah. It's, it's the same position for both of them from behind, and at first I was kind of small complaint. Actually, mm. let's not complain about it because actually, it's overall it's a fantastic comic. I don't want to nitpick these guys. Oh no, I mean that's. I'm I just think... annoyed about the fingernails. God damn it, Dan! <laughs> Did you not notice the fingernails on the creature as well? They match. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, bum, now, bum. now I'm. Although not to be fair, those fingernails me. also match Dana, Janine. Very true. Very true. <laughs> Kylie. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to get Dan some hand models so that we can start figuring out individual people and know who they are. But, uh, okay, so, yeah, all right, so that's interesting. So we might have, you know, Kaya might actually be uh, pulling the strings here. That's that's interesting. So once we get into Paveglia, the guys are on their, their tour. They're trying to find out, you know, how they can uh, diminish the PKE reading so they can build this, uh, whatever it is, a luxury resort for Venter or whatever, and, and put his gelato stand on there. They run into uh, the Plague Doctor, which uh, super creepy. We've seen a lot of visions of this based on not only the solicits, but also, you know, the Hellhound looking through the pools of various Earths, and we got a little glimpse of the, the Plague Doctor there. Um but uh, you know, this is this is sort of them starting their journey of 
cleaning up whatever they think they have to clean up on the island by Venter's bidding. And it seems a little too easy. And, you know, the the plague doctor runs off and they have to go into that, that lovely insane asylum that's just off there yonder and, uh, and do a little inspection. Um, but meanwhile, back in New York City, Janine is doing some interviews for uh, new recruits. She's looking for new people, new blood to help them out because... You know, the, the Chicago division, they're they're way overbooked. And poor Melanie Ortiz, she's got a lot on her hands. So Janine is working with, uh, you know, uh, Jenny, who we saw in the, the previous issue. And she might have a little thing going on with Ray. But uh, the job interviews, guys, we have to talk about this because there's a few Easter eggs in here. One of which a I... Few? Well, a few? Here's, here's what I'm thinking. Is one an Easter egg <laughs> or is one foreshadowing of something? So on that very bottom panel... Oh... Kylie opens the door and she says, all right, who's next? I need the fresh blood. And there's four people, four females, all Mm -hmm. very much dressed like what we've seen the new recruits in Ghostbusters 2016 wearing. (laughs) Is this the setup for how these universes are going to come together? Are we having, is this like our Earth 616 coming together here and we're going to have four new Ghostbusters in the firehouse? I hope so. Yeah, there's no reason why not, right? Is this is this how they can do it? I mean, because we've we've established that the IDW verse is a little different than the filmed universe, you know, because we have real Ghostbusters, extreme Ghostbusters, everything sort of living in concert. Uh, you know, is this is this the first steps? Well, this is why I really tie back into um, Ghostbusters Get Real, and that 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 miniseries proves that interdimensional franchises can coexist. And that's why I love that issue and why I've been following this kind of premise with the whole Ghostbuster volumes and international. So that one panel right there says to me that this is possible. This this could be some sort of Easter egg to a future comic miniseries that can somehow be tied in. Now, one thing that's going to throw it off, though, is the timeline, because mm-hmm. these comics take place what in the mid 90s or around that time frame i feel like it's a little ambiguous i mean that's actually a good a a good discussion point for the group when do you think that this takes place because you know i uh 88 miles per hour their ghostbusters took place in a weird timeline where 1989 never happened this seems to be after the video game which was 1991 right but it also plays on that kind of napoleon dynamite thing where things kind of look 80s but someone will still pick up a cell phone yeah remember the first page we were just talking about somebody's talking on a an iphone-esque cell phone yeah a very smartphone-esque smartphone i did we asked i can't we talked to dan about this was it me when i talked to him during the anniversary or what but we talked a bit about the they use the comic book thing of they just slid the origins forward to match the present. So Iron Man, rather than getting damaged in Vietnam, it slid up to uh, you know Desert Storm. Mm. Then it slid up to the movies where it was him as an arms dealer in the Middle East. All that sort of thing. Uh, everybody just the origin slides forward to put them in the in the right time frame for now, which then does allow them to have had Gozer, etc. 
a few years back by their count and now yes these new ones show up but it, and would be it a explains crossover. why the breakfast club is looking for a job later we have to <laughs> you know because it's let's see they were the class of 86 or whatever it was so you know a couple of years later all right 1990 19 yeah they're looking for jobs they want to work for the yep. ghostbusters it makes total sense yeah i'm getting i'm getting another acid flashback thanks to this whole <laughs> revisit to being on a podcast talking about ghostbusters i am confident that we interrogated burnham or dan at a long time ago like two or three years ago no even longer when the comic first came out it was like ghostbusters number two or three and um somebody let it drop that was 1994 oh interesting yeah okay. somebody 94 so, yeah so it was either it was either tristan jones who who leaked it or Burnham, or Dan. I so can't that say been who. Ninety four. What three years ago now, or four years ago now? Yeah, that would have been the on the original ongoing. Yeah, so volume one. In. Yeah. yeah. Now this could all have changed, right? Like they they may have been like Chris, like you said, they're shuffling it forward and they're dropping in little Easter eggs, or Dan's dropping in little Easter eggs, trying to advance the timeline. So that that could very well be it. But if it was 1994, know. I could see this being like maybe 1998. Yeah, that's okay. So yeah, so yeah. which is that's my graduating fair. year, which means I could now officially be a Ghostbuster. Well, better send him that email. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I got my Ghost Corps cadet pin. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter too much. They the, they can slide the modern character if it's not the same universe. They can slide the mm. modern characters back to fit into this weird well and if you think about it too when did extreme ghostbusters come out 96 97 yeah it was 97 98 and yeah. now we're starting to see those characters that's right so, so we have kylie and all that so it's just a hot it's kind of actually uh akin then to the flash where they go to earth 2 and earth 2 is now but the technologies are different so earth 2 you know, has some real excellence uh what was their science thing that they're big on i can't remember but their communication stuff sucks they don't have smartphones. Their their desk phones have five numbers plugged into the. You know what I mean? Like, same thing here. They've just kind of smashed together a few timelines as we understand them, and they've kind of created their new, their own Earth. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Oh my God! For... Okay, I got a theory now. Oh, hit imagine us. what if this is like kind of like a Back to the Future repercussion from all the previous volumes with all the interdimensional travel with uh, Ninja Turtles and and ghostbusters and and the real ghostbusters is actually affecting the advance of time in the comic book Possibly. and so and so that's why things are all uh, miss or shifted and technology in one factor can be more advanced thanks to all this travel and dimensional stuff and some comics the technology is not as advanced i'm oh. really reading oh. too far into this <laughs> I am. I am giving. I am filling in the voids when I shouldn't be. But I like to think. I like to imagine. Did Venture have a smartphone? And why is this a Fox TV? On Janine's death, right? A big we are. Button. We are on page what? Wait, page right two. Now? Yeah. Oh, we're, before before we quickly jump here forward here, Troy, you missed a couple of real nice uh, subtle Easter eggs in this page. Oh yeah. Let's let's go back and talk about some Easter eggs because they're okay. on every page, obviously, mm. because of who we're talking about here. So right. what, uh, Chris? What did we miss back here? Uh, he did Vengman's desk uh, very nicely. Got his gargoyles. Got that yes, uh, yep. saucer lamp mm. in there. Uh, the old Bakelite radio and Wise Potato Chips. 
Yep. Why is potato chips in that the background? Haven't moved there? in yeah. seven years. So. Uh, and then the other thing that I noticed on the the file cabinet that Janine is walking towards, the numbers on there are twenty two oh six and zero one three 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 five, which. Uh, we've talked about it great lengths on the cross rip because they showed up on the Ghostbusters 2016 poster. There, How it's an Easter egg of an Easter egg. How Dan, can you see that? Oh, that's the beauty of digital comics, my friend. If you knowing oh. that Dan Schoening is behind these things, if you just zoom in on every single panel, oh, my respect for you just went. Oh man, <laughs> digital comics, you got it. Well, fine, okay. So on the bottom panel where we see the new team or the backs of the new team, what the hell's on the newspaper page? Because there's, it looks like a. The Ghostbusters movie ad. Oh, yeah. So on the newspaper, it, it looks like it's the want ads on the top. And then yeah. underneath, there's the Ghostbusters movie ad. Yeah, okay. That's what I thought. And then something under there says, join our... I don't know, Dan. You're going to have to help us on that one. It says, Troy, join our... if you can read this. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate it. See, now I'm going to be disappointed if a future issue, uh, Dan doesn't do that. <laughs> well, oh okay, my so, God. so that gets us that gets us to page. So the, the next page after that is the actual interviews. Now, here's where I need you guys' help because I can identify a couple of these guys. So we have uh, nine panels of all of the interviewees that Janine is talking to. All right. So top from, from top left, I think... I think that, given that we have Judd Nelson appear below her, I think that's supposed to be Molly Ringwald. Yeah, I'm going to give that to you. That was my guess. That's what I think. That's my guess, too. With the red hair, she can't handle working at retail anymore. That sounds like a very pretty and pink kind of thing. Okay, great. Then middle, Danny DeVito, right? Danny DeVito, yep. From Taxi. From the Taxi Danny DeVito with the wigs in his hair. Yeah. Then you have Brigitte Nielsen, uh, very circa Rocky (laughs) Four. Yeah, in the that's top a, right. Um, yeah, I could also give the uh, that to Beverly Hills Cop too. Oh, yep, that's true. That's yeah, true. Yeah, with the with the earrings. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, okay, then we've got uh, Judd Nelson. You know, he's, he's lighting Breakfast his Club. Yep. yep, Breakfast Club. And then in the middle, I I, I looked online. I actually cheated. I asked uh, Mr. Michael T. He thought it was Idris Ilba. Who do you think that's that? A, that's a really that good is? guess. I Second guess. Was... Yeah. You go ahead, Matt. Okay. Uh, my second guess was um, um, Denzel Washington from Training Day. Training Day with the cross. <laughs> that's what I thought. With the yeah, cross. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Okay. All right. Yeah, that, that the, might make the, sense. And the duffel jacket. That's what I thought. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So he's Training Day. You know, when I run for president, I got your vote. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Denzel for president. Got it. To the right of him, Bob Newhart. Bob obviously. Newhart. And then Mo- un- yeah. lower left. That's Ooh. Mr. Michael Tanaka. Yeah. Uh, for appearing, I think, for the second time in the Ghostbusters IDW series, because I think he showed up as like a, a Civil War character or something, if I remember correctly. He, he showed up once before, and he shows up again on another page. He really gets his time to shine here. Uh, and then next to him, Peter Falk, uh, asking for your number, sweetheart. Got from, a, from the Ghostbusters video. From that's, the Ghostbusters video and his white shirt the, and his glasses. That's right. And then to the right of him, I'm it's, not entirely sure either. It's Aziz. Oh. It's Aziz Ansari. Oh, my God. God it is Aziz. Oh, my God. You're right. <laughs> oh, like, my God. You guys like Lizer say, oh, my, that is totally Aziz. It's Aziz Ansari the whole time. Oh, oh. What year is this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now, see, there you go. This? See, now, now it's all mixed up. 
But uh, yeah, no, man, how did I not see that? Okay, my two theories. First was um, Sans Glasses, uh, guy from Short Circuit, but that was oh. wrong. Yeah, Fisher Stevens, right? Fisher was, Stevens yeah. doing a brown face of an Indian. Yeah, actor. I know. Uh, Hashtag Hollywood so white there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Love that. Um, and the, uh, my uh, really, really obscure theory was they slapped a suit on the uh, chef from um, you can't I can't you can't do this on television. Uh, the <laughs> chef that would go. Oh, I heard that. <laughs> that. Which was shot in Ottawa, by the way. That was ah. the first co-produced Nickelodeon show in syndication. Came straight from this very town that I'm sitting in. Uh, there and it that's is. That's it. That's all Ottawa is good for. <laughs> and that gave us our first glimpse of. Uh, young Alanis Morissette. That it that did. That is correct. That it did. That is so, yeah, my two theories were just so left field. I'm like, you know what? I uh, That's who I think it is. But Aziz Ansari is bingo. Yeah, that's got to be him. That's got to be him. It's hey, totally. Hey, Ryan, while, while we have you, you're our resident real Ghostbusters expert. The page previous, when um, Janine is in the file cabinet and there's the teddy bear on top of the file cabinet... What what is that? Is that are we supposed to recognize that from real Ghostbusters? Is there is there significance to that teddy bear that I don't recall? Here's the thing I'm finding up now as we're starting to get further along with the series is that we're now like Dan will now throw things in from so much later in that series where that's where my mind starts to go blank. Because uh, let's face it, the first two seasons are the best seasons. Right. Yeah. yeah so <laughs> so it's. I, I'm trying to think too. I'm like, should I remember that bear from something? And well, uh, nothing clicked. Yeah, I mean, I, I looked at so because you know uh, Michael does his his rundown on GB fans usually, and he called it out as Agatha's bear from the thing in Mr., Mrs. Flavorsham's attic. I don't recall that episode at all. I have no oh, idea gosh. what that is. And I think that is is like a season two episode. Like, and that's another one of those episodes that always had me confused as a kid because I'm like. I think Peter Venkman still would have charged her for the service. <laughs> that was that was before he was honorable. Yeah, wait a yeah. minute. <laughs> like, what's going on? Yeah, I I mean, obviously that that teddy bear means something. It has to be called out for something because it's it's very prominently placed, and you know, it's it's that's that's prime Dapper Dan uh, Easter egg territory right there. But yeah, that's real estate. That's I, I figured you could shed estate. some light on that, but uh, but alas, you cannot. So. Um, well, right, so I failed my city. You failed. One <laughs> quick one on the page after the interviews, just yes. before we jump in there. Uh, on the left bottom, uh, behind Kylie, you'll have to look at your digital, but it looks like there's another toy box under the table. Oh, okay. Under the table. That's the slime blower. It's the slime, slime blower. blower. It says, yeah, yeah it the Ecto Charger Pack. Yeah. Didn't even I, need God, digital. Yeah. Mango. That was my wow. first. Um, that was my first proton pack from Kenner. I got the Ecto Charger pack first uh, before the proton pack. I remember getting that. That was a good Christmas. I had a ghost popper. Oh yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> and then the skull above that is that is that something too? The should we recognize that skull that's on the sort of end table above the Ecto Charger pack? Hmm. I don't. Think so, unless they're trying to make some reference to the video game Gozer mm. Skull. Yeah, maybe. That had hair. Yeah. So. Huh. Well, All while right. I'm zoomed in here, can I make a confession to you guys? Kylie in this conf- this costume here, this like petticoat with the like tights thing, that's pretty awesome. That's like Lydia Dietz awesome to me right there. Uh, yeah, same, same with her hat. 
Kylie is a babe. Dan, jeez, man. Well done. Kylie's a hat, actually, a couple pages back. Very Lydia Dietz. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. When she's when they're starting the interviews. Yeah. No uh, veil, but the the big. But it's white got that brim, big brim kit. when she pokes her head outside the door. Yeah. I, I cannot wait for that crossover. The Beetlejuice uh, <laughs> Extreme Ghostbusters crossover. Yep, bring it on. I, Lydia and Kylie will look in each other's faces and be like, "You, oh!" And then they'll pass out like uh, Back to the Future Part Two. It'll it'll be like a, a cross rip of its own. They'll be woken up by Wednesday Adams, and they're gonna start their own version of the Heather's. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, yes. stop it! Hollywood is listening. <laughs> they're getting ideas. I'm super Brazzers. zoomed in. I'm super. Oh God, <laughs> I'm super zoomed in on this panel as well. And right behind Janine, there's an old-timey photo, and it looks like it's of a, maybe an actual photo of Hook and Ladder 8. Yeah, it's the fire. You can see it in the movies. It's a, the, a fire, a shot of the, 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 the department from... Oh, okay. Very cool. Yeah, so it's the Hook and Ladder century. 8 back in the day. Very cool. Love it. Yeah, that attention Dan. to detail, Dan. Come oh, on. Yeah. Dan, Dan, you kill me. <laughs> I'm running and- out of comic boxes. And he's, he's so busy, and he still crams it in there. Um, Very so, cool. So let's let's keep going because we have we have a lot of pages Ooh, here. Back still to the go. island. Back, to, back the to the island. So the guys encounter this plague doctor. He's their whale. They're trying to find this plague doctor. Now, I, here's what I'm curious about, um, and maybe this is my misunderstanding of it: Is the plague doctor the doctor that Ray is talking about in his story, where he says that? You know, the doctor was driven to commit suicide jumping off of the roof, and he disappeared into this ethereal uh, mist. Is is that the plague doctor? Are we to believe that this is the same person? No, because they're talking about uh, lobotomies and all that. Right, right. Um, they talk about the hospital staff ignoring stories of the hauntings, like back to the plague hauntings. And they're lobotomizing anyone who complained. That puts them back to, like, whatever, the 20s and the 30s. And they talk about the head doctor. So he's, like, 20s and 30s. Hmm. I'm guessing that it's not the plague doctor. So it's pre, it's, about. yeah, this, this plague is pre this doctor that they're talking about with lobotomies. Because that, that, to me, I figured that this is the doctor who kind of came back and he was haunting his old, you know, stomping grounds. Uh, yeah. But maybe, yeah, I was just misinterpreting that. But, uh, so anyway, this so... Is, this is an interesting turn for the the ghosts in Ghostbusters, too, because while they're kind of scary and physically violent and all that, Dan and them keep coming back to this concept of deadly ghosts, which is, even in our own world, there's not really stories of ghosts killing people. Right, <laughs> so, right. So we've gotten full-on horror stories here for... But I never the, get the impression that the plague doctor wants to kill them. He just wants oh, them to the go away. I'm, I'm talking about the story about the head doctor where it says, oh, like, oh, okay, the impact yeah. didn't kill him. A ghostly mist rose up and strangled him. So right, whatever. Right. And as a matter of fact, if you want to jump to the page, then the plague doctor grabs uh, Ray. He yeah, and he's holding him upside him. down. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but then he speaks Italian to him. Yeah, and that's well, that's that's what I was referring to. He does the whole, you know, uh, get out. Uh, I'm pulling it up so I can. Yeah, it's Italian uh, for you div- have to go. Andre, andare, or however you say it. Uh, but 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 it roughly translates to you know get the hell out of here basically because that happened to Peter in the last issue. Yeah, you have to go. So why? It's, so the he, doesn't, he doesn't want to kill him. He's like, just get out of here. Why does he want them to leave so badly? 
Well, they're, it's territory. Is it? Is it really uh, just a territorial thing? Well, it's like there's well, that's what I would assume. That's why ghosts haunt where they haunt. Hmm. Well, yeah, but ghosts that want you to get out tend to actually like yell at you, "Get out!" This one, it's actually speaking a warning. You have to go. It's if you see the distinction I'm trying to make here. It, I am, but I'm just in denial and (laughs) (laughs) be like no it is a freaky freaky ghost but it's not done anything to the ghostbusters other than pick ray up and it picked ray up to get up like right in his face and say you have to go and get out and then he throws him into that basement or crushes him into the basement some way somehow Uh, yeah i mean I, i i don't get the feeling that he wants to kill them or get rid of them he just wants them to go away leave them alone you know it's uh do not open until doomsday kind of thing here. Um, or do you think the go- or the ghost is also probably hiding something as well and doesn't want it to be found? Oh, well, maybe. I mean, that that might sort of allude to, because once they finally do bust up, spoiler alert if you're listening to this entire episode, but once they finally do bust the plague doctor and they pull him into the trap, the PKE readings go straight back up again. So is he trying to warn them about something? Is he trying to say like, whatever you're trying to do, it's not going to be effective here. You have no idea what you're dealing with here, but he's just saying it in two Italian words. It, or there's just maybe something even bigger than him. Hmm. Like, like there's not like, yeah, there's something. Yeah. yeah like but... you were saying like, there's something more than what you than what you're understanding. So it's probably best to get out of here because no matter what you do, you can't stop it. Well, so it, what's funny is, so Ray is thrown into that basement and, you know, once he crash lands, he finds this rune that, uh, once again, you know, the good thing about doing this, this episode a little bit late is that I can read, uh, Michael's posts on GB fans and I can kind of <laughs> sort of decompress things a little bit. But so when he's thrown into that basement, he finds that scroll of paper that has the hourglass looking symbol on it, which, uh, Michael calls out as a, God, I'm going to butcher this. I'm sorry, everybody. A Galdroff sphere, Galdroff Stuffer, Graldorostifer. Ha <laughs> ha, yeah, I'm Viking. You can't Nailed tell, it. can you? Nailed it. First try. First try. But anyway, so um, you know, so he he picks up this rune that has the the Viking um sort of we're if we go back to what Egon has been sort of looking into since he picked up his readings at the UN, it feels like everything is starting to connect to each other here. So how do you guys think that this all connects to each other? That a Swedish guy hired the Ghostbusters, tried to buy their equipment, and now is there's this Ikea, Swedish is this an Ikea all over takeover? Is that what you're trying to say? It's an Ikea takeover, that's right. right? Yeah, okay. Well, I think that's probably, as soon as I think we get more pieces to this puzzle, Egon's going to solve it. And just right. be like, here we go, this is the deal, and it's all going to lead back to maybe Vinter. Vinter could just end up being another upper vest side pawn <laughs> and not, us not really know it. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's, that's skipping ahead a little bit, Ryan, but yeah, the hints are there that maybe there's more to Vinter. Maybe there's not, but again, I, I hate to keep bringing it back to 88 miles per hour because it, it hurts, but um, it does, are there any sort of reflections of what Vinter is doing in sort of a, a person from Egon and the group's past, like Draverhaven was in 88 miles per hour, you know, who, who somebody who, for whatever reason, spites the Ghostbusters for their success and he wants to come back and, and sort of stick it to him. Do you think that might be what's happening here? It's Dean Yeager. Oh, oh, <laughs> Russian Dean Yeager. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
uh, Swedish Dean Yeager, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't, I mean, I I feel like because of all of the clues that have been set in there by, you know, uh, that last issue in issue two when Egon is at the New York Public Public Library and he's looking up things and then kind of going into this Viking rune and then we know that uh, Vinter, he's he's a, a Swedish person, you know, those Swedes, they all band together, right? Um, I'm, I'm feeling that there's, there's a connection here, but, uh, you know, maybe it's a misdirect. Maybe it's something that's trying to, to lead us off course here. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm the more and more I'm thinking about, and I'm going ahead just slightly is the correlation between Egon's past and what we're currently seeing with the, with the guys just experienced with, uh, with busting, uh, busting the ghost and then seeing that, uh, that artifact that, that Ray is able to get a scan of. Um, something that we're going to be finding out later is that there's there's more n- than just a scientific connection between the two that Egon has obviously studied. There's some sort of personal connection that mm. is going to make it pretty interesting. And, and like Ryan said, it, it, there'll be some puzzle pieces fully assembled that is going to show that. So, yeah, we, we definitely have some, some um, Swedish or Norse god type uh of uh activity kind of stuff that's going on that uh, needs to be looked at and uh i think that's what we're going to see in the next issue so yeah it's It's thor it's thor right (laughs) i knew it that's what we're getting towards here it's a big crossover with marvel civil war you know (laughs) he's not in that movie he's got to be in this comic then so just saying (laughs) gotta work him in well uh, they have dealt with vikings before though yeah like with janine that's right so are we going back? Are these guys just like herpes and just going to keep coming back? <laughs> wait, wait, they, uh, they... refresh my memory, Ryan. What was the the Vikings and Janine? Was that in Janine you've changed or what, what was that? No, that was in the, the comic series when it was like the new Ghostbusters. Oh, and right, right. They came after her and then they came after her again. Like it was kind of like, no, they came after her when the guys came back. And she kind of started that fight, and all of a sudden she's out with Roger. And next, you know, her eyes are bleeding slime, and then right. they go through, and you know, it, ha- it takes Roger and Egon to go traveling through Egon's mind. Actually, Matt should know this because he—that was his cameo. That's right. I actually have it. Yeah, it's. Uh, wait, I have it here. Oh my god, I'm I'm in that. <laughs> yeah, it's issue seven. <laughs> it's issue seven. You yeah, were there, it, man. Come I on. I was there, man. Yeah, no, I was drawn in as a kid. It's kind of fun. Yeah, uh, it's where uh, Rookie and uh, and um, what's his nuts? Ron. That's what I'm going to call him from now on. Ron. <laughs> Ron is now called Ro- what's his nuts from now on. You know what's uh, yeah. his nuts? That guy. Uh, the guy with the hat. Uh, Rookie and Ron um, are talking to a classroom, and Dan Schoening um, asked me to send a picture of me and, and my brother back uh, when I was seven. And it's a photo of me wearing this ridiculous kind of pink um, dress shirt that my mom made me wear uh, <laughs> during my brother's um, birthday. And uh, he unboxed a copy of uh, The Great Mouse Detective on VHS. Oh. And uh, Dan Schoening drew me as a, as a kid in the class all upset that um, the teachers introduced the Ghostbusters to visit the classroom. But they don't look like the Ghostbusters at all because they're new recruits. And uh, I said to, as a kid, 
two of them. Doesn't one of them have glasses? Yeah, and one has a mustache. So it's like, you're not the Ghostbusters. So I thought that was kind of cute. So <laughs> yeah, that was issue seven. And in fact, that is the issue that um, involves. It's the issue with the cover of uh, the the um, the boat. The um, oh yeah, that's the, right. Um, yeah. God, I feel like that was a lifetime ago. Why? Jeez, unbelievable. It's like three, three years ago? Yeah, I know, and it was not that long. I need to go back and reread my, uh, you know, total containment hardcover again. Jeez, yeah. ridiculous. And it's a different art, too, that could have thrown you off. It was yeah. uh, Doc Shanner uh, that did it. Uh, so, who is um, the nicest guy as well? He's another yeah. guy we should probably get on the show at some point. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's, he's chill. What's getting crazy with this Ghostbuster comic now is that it's been five years since the monthly series uh and six years with all of the um uh holiday uh one-offs um i filled an entire comic box uh, so far of every single issue so if you're ever curious uh, if anyone's listening uh if you need to get all the variant covers and all the individual uh issues of the comic you're gonna need one standard size comic box to fit them all so far uh, <laughs> i filled it to the brim and now I'll have to go to my um, local comic book shop, the comic book shop on Bank Street, downtown Ottawa, and get another box so I can start volume two. Uh, so, yeah, that's what five years of comics looks like. You're going to need a bigger guys. box, Matt. You're going to need a bigger box. <laughs> you, you run out of room a lot faster if you've had any of them uh, uh, graded and uh, slapped in those boxes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. The hermetically sealed boxes. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of box, just to go back to the comic. <laughs> okay. <laughs> when Ray puts a solid object into the trap. Yes. Oh, has that ever happened before? I wanted to ask you guys about that. I don't remember that ever happening before. No, it, and I thought that was so awesome. Like the Crime Busters, I remember when they, they reconfigure all of the gear in order to with you know, sort of contain uh, actual matter, but this is the first time we've seen a trap being used as like a fanny pack, right? Yeah. <laughs> a Dustbuster mini trash can. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and how and do you I, get it out after you put something in the containment unit? Right. Maybe that's why they took a picture of it first, because he's like, this is gone. Yeah, so I gotta make sure that I open this one later before it goes into the containment unit. Yeah, that I, I feel like that was a Ghostbusters first right there. Uh, but I wanted to confirm with you guys because I I don't remember that at all ever, ever not even the cartoon. No, using the trap like a like a little Tupperware container. No. Yeah, like uh, <laughs> here's here's all of the evidence from the crime scene. We're gonna put that into the trap. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then a, a couple other gear questions for you guys that I don't recall either. The ecto goggles that Ray is mm. wearing. Do you recognize those? I I feel like are those the video game. Ecto goggles. Where did those come from? Have we seen yeah. those before? They kind of remind me of the old toy, right? They, yeah, they kind of do. So if they had the little like foam Nerf pellets onto the side of them, but they're rounded. the The toy was still square. That's what I, that's what's tripping me off. Is yeah, those rounded ecto goggles. Dan, tell us now. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, these goggles. They actually, you know what they remind me of. Um, and I was digging into this because they it kind of threw me off too. It's the um, you remember the real Ghostbusters promo art when the show was about to come out, where it's oh, the shot right. of the Ectomobile flying down the road and Egon's on the hood of the car. Yeah, which we know that Dan loves because he's he's redrawn yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, he's, that's one of my favorite pictures too. It's, it's it's funny, Matt. I had the exact same thought because I was calling up that picture 
just as you yeah. mentioned it. <laughs> so the shot of, of Ray hanging out the uh, passenger side of the, the Ecto-1 in that real Ghostbusters promo shot, Ray's goggles are very rounded and mm. short-stubbed, exactly like um, like the guys have now. So maybe it's just um, it's a modified Ecto-goggle to help bridge the video game and the... Um, and the the, um, the original movies, but they're not as rounded as I, not as rounded as I thought. Actually, well, yeah, the one side they, we see is very angular. Okay, but, what were, but what the lenses goggles? where the two goggle lenses mm-hmm. are like of similar length and all that—that's yeah, very reminiscent of it. Well, it help, does help me, guys, because I can't I can't envision this no. right now. But the real Ghostbusters when they were in the Ecto two, when they were in the you know the the motorcycle gyrocopter. What did those goggles look like? Because the other thing too is these yeah. ecto goggles have like a microphone and a headset attached to them. So I, I'm wondering if that's if these are sort of like that ecto two. Sands the helmet, of course, but I'm wondering if that's what this is supposed to be. Mm. That's very possible. I'm gonna have to revisit it because I know that um, there was a couple episodes with um, the new Ghostbusters with. Um, the Ghost Smashers, where they um, they use the Ecto two, and I think there's a couple of shots where um, Ray is flying around in the Ecto two. Yeah, and I, I feel that. like those were rounded too, but I, yeah. I don't know. It's it's very yeah. strange because they're very particular, and and we know that Dan is very particular about all of the details and the things that he does. So he's got to uh, tell us. It's he's purposeful. Tell us. Yeah, it has to be. <laughs> Come on, the, man. I'm looking, at the, I'm looking at the picture, and yeah, the the goggles he wears on the helmet, the flying helmet, are much more like this, like the rounded, hmm. um, the rounded case. I can't see one where they're down, so I can't see that little knob on the top. But the lenses on them are very much big and stick outy, like the um, the the regular uh, ecto goggles, which mm-hmm. we see throughout the series, or basically modeled after the movie ones. They got the right. square welding type. Uh, when you see them on it. Peter's head, they kind of remind me of the night vision goggles from Jurassic Park. Yes. Yeah. yeah, they really do. And and with that little sensor in the middle, like on the bridge of where your nose goes, that's that's also what's throwing me is there's another little sensor there that I, I don't recognize. Yeah, it's possible that these aren't ecto goggles at all, mm. really, but rather night vision because they are all wearing them. Usually... Like a PKA meter, one person's lugging one around rather than, whereas in this case, they're in a dark abandoned building and they're all wearing them. So I, we may have overthought it. It may just be, uh, boy, add that to the list. Do the uh, Resurrection guys have that on their equipment list? Night vision goggles? Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, Ryan, tell me this. Are they heavy? Are they heavy? <laughs> well, well, then they're expensive. You should well, put those down. Oh, yeah. oh. Uh, that was right. hey. Guys, 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 we talk more about Jurassic Park. We're going to end up like, yes, have some podcasts. So let's keep moving, okay? (laughs) I love you guys. I love you, Craig. Love you, Abby. Love you. All right. And and, and there's a third one, but I can't remember his name. Uh, (laughs) Oh, no. I can't wait to call their show. What a jerk. All right. So let's move on. All right. So let's get into the end of this this issue because it does set up a lot of things here because the guys retreat. They think that their their job is done, Mm -hmm. even though the PKE levels are rising. They go back to their hotel in Venice. They call back into Egon. Egon says, wait a minute. All these readings and this photo that you guys have sent me, this all matches things that we just dealt with back at the U.N., and it kind of matches something that I took back at a cold case a long time ago in my Sweden years. Did we know that Egon had Sweden years? No, I'm not entirely sure about that. But 
Um, so, so Egan, Egan, God, I'm tired. Egon <laughs> really wants them to get back uh, with the rune so he can study it, so he can see these photos in, in person. So he's not dealing with photos and digital copies of things. But Vinter wants them to stick around to do one more thing. So is this sort of, is this a misdirect now? Do we think that Vinter is trying to delay them? But is this sort of a, a, a ruse? Like maybe Kaya is trying to throw her weight around or maybe they know that something is up with this rune or that, what, what do you guys think is going to happen now in issue five and beyond? Well, I'd like to point out that Egon is a common name in Sweden and the Northern Europe area, but that might just confuse the issue. Oh, so, so you think there might be another Egon that this, that this, crew is confusing or, with Egon Spangler? No, that or, or that it's tied into Egon's past, but also Spangler's German, so that throws my theory out the window. Hmm. I got it. I got it. Matt's got here, it. Here we go. So, to commemorate Earth Day, we're going to meet Elon Spangler, <laughs> uh, who was mentioned on the Earth Day special in 1992. <laughs> Uh, talking about the dangers of waste and pollution, and then interrogates uh, Martin Short's character from Second City. I'm done. Right. Good night. Yep, there it is. That's <laughs> so, it. So, Hashtag so it's all connected. Yep, basically, there you go. he's going to show up and he's going to be like, I told you. I told you. What did I tell you? I told you. <laughs> told you 15 years, uh, 20, 25 years ago. I told yeah. you. Nobody listened. Why, why would you say that? I'm not saying that. I'm not saying I'm not that saying at that. all. I'm not saying, yeah. Am I crazy? Is it, I'm not crazy. Am I? Elon, Elon, Elon. The, the, the seas are rising. I'm done. I'm done. I warned you. I'm done. Yeah. Well, um, I, what, what can we glean from? So Egon is really, whatever this rune is, whatever this hourglass shape is, is really got him rattled. What, what are we trying to glean from this? I mean, I, I've zoomed in on the digital copy. I can't read anything in Egon's journal, so I, I can't help you there. But... What, what what do you think that what does this mean? What is he what is he concerned about? Yeah, I I don't think we know enough yet. He's talking about readings I took, not readings we took or anything like mm-hmm. that years ago in Sweden. I think maybe it would be nice if that this might be something he came up like he ran into in his um uh you know, I don't know, during his master's degree or something like that. Mm. Like cuz he's a such a He's such a logical, you know, physics-based kind of guy. What sets him down the path of going after ghosts? Obviously, he has to, you know what I mean, like bump into something. I'd like to believe that maybe we get to see a bit more of his past. But again, that might just be wishful thinking. Well, I'm, I'm almost wondering, and this is me. All right, I'm just, I'm going out on a limb here. And this, again, Michael T., thanks so much for this, man, because you really <laughs> got my mind going. But so, so Vinter, at the beginning in that preamble, they mention... Um, uh, I think it's Dragur, Drogur, uh, these Norse mythology creatures that have superhuman strength. They're basically the undead. They're reanimated corpses. Um, you know, in that first issue, Egon's PKE meter goes off as soon as Vinter shows up. I- I'm, I'm going out on a limb here and I'm saying, I think Vinter is a reanimated corpse. And maybe this is somebody who died in Egon's past who is literally coming back to haunt him. Do you guys, do you feel like that at all? Am I just making that's, this up? No, that's, that's pretty solid, man. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's like, cause it's definitely something that Egon's pretty shaken up at the last panel, looking at what his notes is compared to what Ray sent him. He, he's thinking to himself, 
okay, I've seen this before. I have a personal connection to it when I was studying or when I was working in in Sweden. So he knows what to expect. And he's now he has the daunting task of, okay, do I tell the rest of the team what I know or do I have to keep mm. this to myself to try to try to solve uh, because it's it goes deeper within his past. Uh, maybe we'll see like the very first Egon ghost encounter and this is what set him on his path or if it's even beyond that. I'd really uh, like so, that. Yeah, I, I, that'd be really cool. I'd love yeah, like that. an origin origin flashback. Egon Origins. <laughs> Egon Ooh. year one. Yeah, year there you one. Go. But yeah. didn't Egon already get haunted by somebody in his past once before? Or was Yeah, he... I think so. Yeah, yeah right. and then he was the one that captured death and then released yeah. him. That was in the early, early uh, series. Uh, that was the... That was like issue four or five. Right, right. And and he lived in the house that was mm-hmm. the same house from Mrs. Rogers' neighborhood. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the way it was drawn. Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, who knows? I, I'm really excited. Obviously, you got to end it on a cliffhanger, so you can put it in your subscription, buy the next issue. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I'm excited to see what Egon's so concerned about and um, the findings of, of Ray and the rest of the team and... Also, just checking in on Janine and the girls and see who they are considering for, you know, is it going to be a new team member or if it's going to be, you know, another threat right. or another replacement or who knows. I mean, I know that there's a guy who types 65 words a minute who applied and we actually see his application <laughs> in Janine's hand. <laughs> He seems like a really good candidate, Janine. I'm just throwing that out there. I'll put yeah. in, uh, if you need some sort of a recommendation, just call me. We'll take care of it. Don't worry about it. But yeah, yeah no, I, I, I totally agree with you. I, I wonder how this is sort of setting up the future. I mean, again, this is Ghostbusters International. We know that it is setting up a new and entirely different world. But at the same time, come July, when there's a new movie out there, I feel like I, I just I really do feel like this is the first couple of steps into something that's going to tie into that some way somehow. But um, how they could go I'm not the sure. Star Wars Marvel route? Yeah, we st- start littering stuff all throughout the <laughs> comics and the books and the yeah. Uh, all right, let's great. let's Easter egg the hell out of these last two pages. Yes, we cool. we have to. We haven't done that because Egon's apartment is filled with all sorts of stuff. As we have to always. talk about that. So. Um, did we miss anything Easter egg wise leading up to Egon's apartment? I don't. I don't feel like we have. But like well, was, all of the it was all, it was all, stuff, it was all in the 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 old hospital, the yeah. asylum. So there's not really a lot there to. So once we get to Egon's apartment, that's that's where. I mean, we already we've talked about the yellow ghost from the real Ghostbusters action figure, which he pops up again. Continuity, way to go, Dan. Uh, but so what else did you guys catch in these panels here that, uh, is, is notable? I found it. <laughs> Wait, you do find it too? You go first. Oh, I, the fire hall box. Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's in the very back there up against like where the, um, like that there's a vacuum, the vacuum cleaner. Yeah. It actually, I, I zoomed in. It actually says proton pack. Yeah. I it's it a proton, proton pack. pack. Yeah. See, look at that. You guys zoom in. Yeah, in my vision, mean. But then, just to the right of that is the basic English uh, sign from Stripes. That's that's yeah. funny. <laughs> basic English, yeah. Going back to our earlier co- uh, discussion about what time period is this? So, very beginning of this comic, uh, Vinter and Kaya, we're assuming, are talking on uh, Gen Five and up smartphones. Egon's wandering around with like 
you know, a, a Mulder esque brick. Like it's. <laughs> He's got the Zach a... Morris cell phone. Yeah. What oh, is God. That? The Zach Morris. Right. Oh, God. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Which, again, sets it in the mid 90s. Oh, boy. If he's got this junk. Um, ah. I noticed. Well, the Cheez Its are in there. Nice touch. Yep. Yeah, the Cheez Its are in there. Um, what? It's the stuff that looks like it should have a purpose, but we don't quite get it. Like the color swatches on the left. Like oh, that yeah. seems so bloody random. Yeah. Why, Dan? What is it? Are you, mm. The periodic table that's kind of above the that spores, like aquarium? Molds, fungus. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Oh, there you go. That's his spores, molds, and fungus collection. Spores, molds, and fungus. Yep, He's absolutely. got the periodic table. Very nice. But but lower down though, do you see the like the the sunset esque? Oh yeah, color yeah, swatches? yeah. On the computers and are just they to pallets? the left of that, are they are they screens? Are they uh, TV on? monitors? They, yeah, it like, could be yeah. Uh, the thermal reading uh, monitors. Could like, be uh, when they scanned uh, Zul's. Uh, so and then, head. and then yeah. the thing to the to the left of that. To the left like, is, is that, that a video camera? What safe? is that? That's what yeah. the hell is that? Thing? It's a humidifier. It's a humidifier. <laughs> I'm, talking, I'm talking about the big, uh, like the the big cabinet with the corner yeah. lopped off. Yeah. But again, right next to it is that like a prototype ecto goggle? Is that his time travel ecto goggles? Like I don't. Oh. His old yeah. Westy ones or whatever he had. I can't remember what time period he went. Now to. you're getting crazy. Yeah. You're getting crazy. I've already thrown in time travel and interdimensional oh, parallels, so who We knows? hit on something, right, because somebody... The cops are coming Matt's to get you. Getting, oh. Matt's getting ah, arrested. That's me. Uh. That's you. <laughs> <laughs> I that's live definitely. downtown. All right, the last page then, still lots more. Yeah, yeah. so so that last, last page, so you're, you've got the close-up on Egon's hand and the, the journal wait, that he wait, has wait. the room on. Wait, 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 we have to go on. to the top of the page. Top of the page. I'm pretty sure that Peter is drinking a boson dart. Oh, are you kidding? No, get out of here. No, I think I think he's, ha- but he is having a nice lost in translation. Uh, what's the whiskey? Suntory. We have to. That's a boson dart. That has to be a boson dart. We're trademarking that right now. Dan, you hear that? That's a boson dart. Yeah. yeah you give kidding. us the mixture. We're gonna have this for the reboot screenings. We need. We have ecto cooler booze mixed drinks. Now we need boson dart yep. drinks. Let's go. There you go. Third Dibs. panel down. What the hell is that? Like a like a hamster habitat T junction. Like what the hell is that thing? Oh, above oh. the books there. That, yeah. Like, I don't, I'm not sure. Like it they literally look like looks, tubes. They look like tubes, like yeah, from a, like an a, amp, an amp. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, well, maybe the, he does maybe. have a hamster habitat somewhere and that's like just like an he extra piece. That he, yeah. But you're kind of right. There is kind of that, that oversized vacuum tube bit in the middle there. Um, but yeah, the the very last panel in typical Dapper Dan style, Jeez. loaded with stuff here. So okay, so let's let's run, let's go left to right, guys. So I all see. Right. All right, we've got Twinkie Cheez Its, the uh, Vista card. Oh, the Vista card. Oh, geez, I didn't even see that. Which yep, is underneath the Twinkie. Uh, looks like there's sketches under the Cheez Its. What are those sketches of? I can't. I can't tell what those are. Uh, it could just be. It could be anything. Smudgy. And then I, I, there, there have like to be the Easter eggs in these pages, right? In well, the, the book? yeah, the the, the 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 images at the top, I feel like we're supposed to know, or they're leading into. I thought maybe the flying dragon. Um, what was the word that you were confused over? Because it was very reminiscent of dragon too. Mm. Drago or drag. Dragged, uh, oh, 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 the Swedish, yes. Yeah. Uh, no, that was um, dr- Dragor. 
tra- tra- drawer. <laughs> he burns the countryside, my friends. I thought it might be the plague doctor because the plague doctor's got the 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 big long the big wings, but it's got a tail on it that doesn't I think match it's, the plague. I doctor. think it's dr- Draugr. It's D R A U G R. Yeah, that's like feels very reminiscent of like an old word for dragon or something. And yeah. given that we're looking at a picture of a dragon, mm. that's probably. Now then, that begs the question because Egon ran in. They all ran into dragons in. Was it the real Ghostbusters one? It wasn't an extreme Ghostbusters, I don't think. But there was a real Ghostbusters one where they went to that small town and that kid with the weather wand. Like, like the, the or, oh god, oh right, right, the, yeah. And they called up dragons. Wait, was that the Jersey Devil up? No, the, no, that was extreme Ghostbusters. They had the Jersey Devil in it. Which one was it then? Maybe I'm thinking of. But remember, they fought it with the cannon. They they had they called out the old civil war cannon to fight it oh but there yeah, was a staff no, that in it that's real, how they called yeah, it up they called they had a staff and there, there's a picture of that staff there and it looks very reminiscent like i'm not uh, i wouldn't i would not place money on this bet yet but this is what this reminds me of and now i want to go look it up hmm. and i'm going to get the hell out of here all of you i got <laughs> some stuff going. dad's got work to do okay get out it was a, it was a pleasure there's a there's a a nice well there's that little mandala thing i don't know what that is there to the, the right pouch. of the yeah, the pouch with the heart. Well, that's, that's no, kind no, of not like, that one. That, yeah, that's that's like a Grigory kind of like uh, he's Egon's had a lot of that sort of like voodoo mm-hmm. mysticism yeah. stuff he around him. He received that in an issue. Did he, did he really? New Orleans. Oh, there you go. Okay, there we Bingo. go. Remember, he went and he had that. He was all like. Hey, I like you for some reason. She's all like, "You don't know what I'm all about." Oh I'm yes. Sick. Oh and man. Can, and we can only assume that's the drill bit he thinks of putting into his head every Bingo. single day. Yeah. Bingo. Yeah. <laughs> that's 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 his dark secret. He wakes up every day, puts a drill to his head, looks in the mirror, puts it down, the, uh, goes to work. Bingo. The white coffee mug that's to the right of his hand. Cobalt. It's got the. Oh, uh, is that what that is? Co. Co. It's cobalt. Come on, guys. Seriously, I want that mug. That's amazing. Speaking of mugs, I would, I would love to get the logo from Dan from their coffee shop that they use here and get mugs. Yeah, no kidding, right? Well, there are a few sightings of the Pequod coffee in this actual issue as well. Uh, I believe uh, Jenny comes in with Pequod's coffee and she's handing it out to people during the interviews. It's becoming um, a staple. What's the thing in the mug behind it? Like mold. He's, yeah, he's making mold. <laughs> mold. mold. So he, that he can looks, collect it. It looks like he's running like a wire into it or something. Is he trying to like jumpstart life in it? Like what the hell is <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, yeah. He's monitoring yesterday's coffee just to see what happens. There's because it's a, Eon, obviously. A crunch bar that he's not allowed to call a crunch bar. It's a yeah. show bar. Choco bar. Choco Okay, but you bar. guys gotta help me out. Why the hell is that red pouch with the gold heart familiar? Like I'm supposed because to know what it is. You. It's the one yeah, that's uh, New, New Orleans one. Oh no, I'm not yeah, talking about that one. Up, see, okay, now we got to go back. Look at the drill bit, and underneath it, there's that metal. Oh right. Oh that thing. Yeah. yeah. That it looks like a dreidel, but yeah. It's, now um, you're not so smart. That's that's what Egon puts into his bottle of wine when he's finished for the night, and he can't that's finish right. the bottle himself, uh, so he wants yeah. to, you know, save it for later. It's an aerator. It's a wine. It's a that's wine right. aerator. That's what For drinking is. your Ackroyd wineries. Yes, oh. yes, exactly. Oh. Ackroyd wineries. They should the, make that now. The <laughs> worst and best $12 I ever spent. Oh, <laughs> no. 
Actually, the Merlot Merlot is good. The uh, white is don't. The Merlot's great, especially if you follow his lead that you let it breathe. But then they say that about every red. If you don't like it, they're like, you didn't let it breathe enough. I'm like, or maybe I just don't like wine. Did you follow his lead about (laughs) mixing it with Crystal Head vodka too? Is that what happened here? (laughs) Just mix the Merlot with vodka. It's fine. Let's just say when I follow Ghostbusters uh, instructions about booze, I'm always slightly disappointed. Uh, same thing. Same thing with the golden Cadillac. I followed hashtag it. Hashtag golden Cadillac. Yeah, just a little. Anyways, well, the, uh, yeah, the seventy millimeter screening in Chicago. Um, they had an ecto cooler recipe that they posted, and it seemed to be pretty good. Like mm. the Windy City Ghostbusters would know. So if yeah. you're listening, Chicago, Chicago, you tell us what your recipe is. They've got it we, down. We'll get drunk. They've got it we'll down. Get drunk. Yeah. So guys, Sweet. all right, we've got. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Matt. What do you got? Oh, um, there is a Visa card, but the number is not complete, so you can't use it for your purchases, kids. So I'm sorry. Uh, I wish so. it was D Barrett. You know how they sort of Greek out the cre- the credit cards now with D Barrett. I wish that that's what it would have ended up being, but mm-hmm. alas, it was not. Alas. Don't wait another minute. Pick up oh. your phone and call the professionals. Go, 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 stoppers. I'm sorry. We'll do it again. We want to hear from you. Leave us a voicemail on our calling line at 470-242-4742. That's 4702-GBHQIC. We also have a Facebook page. And Twitter accounts. Friends is dead. No kidding. Just give me the address. Search Facebook for... The Ghostbusters! Interdimensional Crossrip. On Twitter, look for Troy at Ghostbusters HQ and Chris at Proton Charger. I just want to get back close again. What the hell are you doing? If you like what you hear, please take a moment to give us a review on iTunes. Be sure to recommend us to your friends. That makes good sense. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Once again, our call-in line is 4702-GBHQIC. That ought to do it. Thanks very much, Ray. Well, so guys, let's let's go around. We're we're at about our time, so let's go around the room here and and just talk about our our final thoughts of this issue and what we're looking forward to in future issues. Uh, Ryan, let's let's start with you. You know, what what do you uh, think looking back on issue three, and what are you looking forward to and seeing the four, five, six, and above on on this series? Well, with three, uh, what I'm looking back at, and I'm loving, is the interviews. So I'm kind of curious to see where that leads to. I really like that. And looking and looking forward, I really am curious to see what other kind of puzzle pieces they're going to find as they travel the world. Because I think as they after they leave Italy, I think they're going to find more when they get to Paris, and all these things are going to it's going to leave them like a, what's that called, like the Amazing Race. And I think that's kind of what they're on right now. So. <laughs> it's world world global tour ghostbusters night that's right. uh, 2016 yeah i almost said yeah. 19 god i'm old hey uh, <laughs> you laugh but that's what it's kind of like to go to one stop and go oh we found this so let's go to the next spot so yeah, I don't know. exactly it's, uh, it's fun I, I love it matt matt what about you what uh you know looking back on issue three and and things that you're looking forward to in future issues yeah so the um the one of the str- the strongest panels for sure in uh, in episode three that kind of gives you the the best uh, of what's going to happen is the um um job interviews that janine and the and the girls were doing and that hilarious uh panel of all the cameos of all the other 80s actors and uh 
Aziz Ansari's uh, now that I know who it is and not, uh, <laughs> not the random character from uh, you can't do that on television <laughs> or the guy from uh, Short Circuit 2 <laughs> without glasses uh, anyway uh, so I'm really looking forward to see uh, who gets hired and uh, and who's actually going to show up and if Troy and Chris and Brian, if you guys are right about this, if this is going to lead to a possible Ghostbusters 2016 tie-in. Oh, man, I it's, hope so. It's coming. 80-some yeah. days. 80-some days. Don't yeah, remind we'll... me. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. Facebook will do that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Don't worry about that, Ryan. You've, you've got plenty of time. You're totally fine. You should get back to work, dude. I'm sorry. Hey, Chris. Uh, <laughs> What uh, what are your final thoughts on this? We we gotta as always we gotta throw it to you for your final thoughts on this issue. My final thoughts are if my little hunch there about the the pitchers in the and the staff are right. I'm or even if they're not, I'm really hoping that they're going to get to Paris and we'll hear references to uh, to. Um, uh, the real Ghostbusters when they went to Paris and the Eiffel Tower is a giant containment unit. Oh, that's right. I Which forgot was about that. One of the best! A, because they put the Ecto on a plane and flew it to France, which was amazing. And then two, there was no half-stepping about those... Uh, there was no cute goat fa- ghost families with, you know, uh, a baby Huey uh, ghost or anything like that. They were like <laughs> skeleton ghosts like dressed up as World's Fair visitors like just yeah pretty pretty. (laughs) it was creepy it was creepy and that's what i'm kind of hoping for is that they're gonna go back and uh well i mean it's got the Eiffel tower on the cover maybe we'll never even see it in the issue but uh that's what i'm kind of hoping i'm i'd like to i'd like to see them i mean they've tied in everything else so i you know they might as well harken back to their that one adventure because like i said that's a personal favorite of mine yeah exactly look look back at the past before we move on to the future that might be a lot of fun so uh ryan matt chris thanks so much for joining us guys this has been a lot of fun let's let's do this again we've got another issue coming up in a little under three weeks everybody please go buy this issue i mean I, i cannot stress enough that it's an ongoing issue i know that Wednesdays and comic book days it's a lot and just go pick it up that first week because a lot rides on it if you want to see this issue if this ongoing series should continue you need to go support it and uh, boy I I feel remiss in the fact that we did not get this episode up sooner because we have to talk about this but you guys should go out and buy it and we'll try to talk about it as fast as we can as well to kind of keep up with it but please please support this IDW comic Uh, you, you owe it to yourselves it's there's so much detail it's so rich here and if you are ignoring it you are doing yourself a great disservice so uh guys thanks so much for doing for joining us on this uh, round table and uh we'll see you all on the other side Who you gonna call? thanks for joining the ghostbusters interdimensional crossrip visit us at protoncharging.com ghostbustershq.net and stillplayingwithtoys.net they used to be one of my two favorite shows you're kidding me Oh, great. What was the other one? Bassmaster. Everything you're doing is bad. I want you to know this. Next week, though, Hairless Cats. Who you gonna call?